0: This show is brought to you in association with Five Stars Promotions. To find out all about Five Stars' latest events, including many featuring X Rangers heroes, then please visit them on Twitter at Five Stars Limited, that's at 5 Numeric Five Stars LTD, or search for them on Facebook. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the Heart and Hand podcast where we look ahead to the weekend's fixture and see what Rangers are up to. And will not it be great to have Rangers back after two weeks of inaction for the last international break of the year? Joining me to discuss how some of our players got on on the international break as well as looking ahead to the trip through to Lanarkshire at the weekend is James Forrest. Hello James.
1: David, good afternoon, and I'd like to wish all of our listeners a happy end of international break.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long one, I think. Three is a lot in a short space of time, but you, you take what you can from the international break. And from our point of view, a few of our players had a pretty decent international break. Um Stephen Davis set the, the outfield midfielder cap's record for a British player. Of course missed the penalty against Holland. But uh overall I think we need to look at his magnificent achievement there and still in a playoff. Ryan Jack turned Scotland into winners pretty much single handedly in my opinion. Um uh, by uh by his midfield performances two wins for them of course that was uh, yeah, a wee bit too late to salvage anything for Scotland although you never know uh, where this uh, Russia doping thing that seems to have come to light uh, Ryan Jack maybe struck any stuff but again there's a, a playoff place available Borna Barisic and Philip Hellander they booked their places at the Euros next year but the one I wanted to talk to you about James you spoke to a Colombian journalist um, because uh, I don't think it's Ever a good idea to trust the Scottish press on their opinions on Alfredo. And uh, this was, of course, the international spell that saw him get his first goal for his country as he got a last-minute winner for them. Um, what What's the feeling about Alfredo in Colombia?
1: Yeah, so I I thought it would be better to get the views of someone who is based in Colombia rather than take the views of uh, Fergal or Seamus regarding uh, the Colombian striker. Um, you know, he he's talking about uh, Alfredo as being very much a, a, an exciting prospect. Colombia definitely has a, a rich vein of, of forwards to choose from. Um, he certainly feels that the number one uh, guy for that position at the moment is Duvan Zapata, a player that you and I will know quite well from our Serie A watching. Um, but, you know... He's certainly in the mix, Alfredo. You know, even even with someone like Radamel Falcao there, he's seen as more of a kind of this is a swan song for him, really. Uh, and Morelos really has a great opportunity to get into the squad for the Copa America, which is happening again next summer, which Colombia are co-hosting. So it's a really really exciting opportunity for him there. Um, but you know, the guy the guy's is Simon. Uh, he's been living out in Colombia for a good while now, um, so he he really is good value in terms of looking up his you know his past, uh, Alfred and whatnot, and where he grew up and whatnot, and people's perceptions. And if you want to listen to that full podcast, then simply subscribe to our Patreon page.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's they see him as a project, don't they? I mean, he's he's young, um, and they they don't expect Alfredo to go in and start banging in goals for the, They love him too, of course, but you know they understand that it'll take a few appearances. Um, and also those uh, they're not entirely happy with Carlos Quiros, the national manager, who has a reputation. Maybe it's fair, maybe it isn't. I don't know, but for me, an ultra cautious coach. And I, I watched Alfredo the the first of his turn and the one that he got the goal in. And um, if some of the more senior players would occasionally pass the ball, um, talk of it trying to walk the ball into the net. Cuadrado uh, was was very in Luis Muriel. Good players, but very bad for dominating the ball. But he did. He, he kept at it and then in the last minute got his reward. Uh, Header came back off the keeper and he was able to bundle it over the line. And, and that'll be huge for him. And again, James, Alfredo is... All the things that people said, well he doesn't do this or he's never done that, he's doing them all. Now there is of course one big caveat that's thrown against him. He'll get two opportunities in December to put that one right as well. But he's ticking a lot of boxes this season.
1: That's been the theme of his season really, is is that you know, box ticking exercise. You know, he scored at Hamden, he's scoring, you know, in in the Europa League. He's got eleven goals in Europe already this season. Now, granted, we've had four qualifiers to go through, but that's still remarkable. He's one of the best performing forwards in the whole Europa League. He is scoring goals for fun domestically. He's really, really come on leaps and bounds. And he's only going to get better as well because he is still young and he is still learning. And he's using the experience of guys like Jermaine Defoe, of guys like Steven Gerrard even, and he's really soaking all of that, and, and you can see that is plainly obvious when you watch him on the field, so um, yeah, I mean, there's still things that he needs to do, uh, as as you alluded to, absolutely, and we we certainly hope that he's going to do that And what is going to be a huge month for us uh, this December, I can't think of a more important month for a club in a very, very long time a on long the football time. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's exciting to see that, but if he's continuing to show the form that he has been over the last three months at least, then I I feel very, very confident having him at the very top of that.
0: Yeah, me too. And I think it's something that we maybe forget because we're not, we're not the, the most passionate about international football. Generally, there are you know, huge Scotland fans among the the Rangers support absolutely, but but generally speaking, it's not what it was. I mean, when I was was a kid, uh, it it was far more passionate, and I think that there is a a sheen of disinterest uh, atop most Rangers fans' views of uh, the, the the Scotland team, but it. We shouldn't be blinded by how important it is to some of our players like Barisic, like Hellander, like Morelos, that they can come here, do well and get into their national sides. It's 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 huge to them. And I think that by doing so and being successful with us, it, it does help us in the transfer market a great deal because we can say to players, well, look, you know, you come here, you get to work with Steven Gerrard and that's big, you know, that that's very big for this generation of players. But you also get to play in the Europa League, you get to test yourself, you, you get noticed there. That's where... You know, coaches will look at national coaches will say, OK, the Scottish League maybe isn't the strongest, but, you know, they're playing under high pressure every week or well, they have to win and then they're going into Europe and performing. So it, it does have a long term benefit for us if our players are getting into the national teams and then thriving when they get there.
1: There's many different aspects of a football club that you need to sell to a player. Now, you know we at Rangers we've got one of the you know, largest fan bases around, so that in itself should should be a, a massive selling point. But to have those other factors like you know, the Steven Gerrard factor, but also looking at what guys can then do for the country, we had three Rangers players qualify for the Euros: Barisic, Hellander, Kamara. We've had. You know, Stephen Davis break uh a cat's record, Ryan Jack is improving his national sides midfield, Alfredo Morelos has got his first goal for Colombia. When's the last time we've had an international break where so many of our players have done really, really great things? It's it seemed like something like that was so far away for us not that long ago. And yet the the you know, that's I I think a... Uh, a massive sign of how we have really come on the last two years, you know, even eighteen months, uh, is really, really heartening. So, as much as the international break does take away our opportunity to see Rangers, it, it does, it does open other people's eyes up to you know all, all these players doing and they all play for that club. Something good must be going on there. Mm.
0: No, definitely. And as I say, it's doesn't make it any easier when we are kind of you know, trudging our way through it, but um, it is a benefit to, to take out of it. And moving forward, then, Rangers entering, as James alluded to, one of the most crucial spells uh, that we've faced in, in years. We have 10 games in, in five weeks including a cup final, including what could be decisive European games to get us to the last 32 of the Europa League, and including every league match uh, as a crucial one. We will need to use the squad, I think. I mean, it, it, it'd be nice if we could say, right, we'll just go with this 11, but it's it's highly unlikely. There's going to be different, different sides, different setups required for different matches. You probably couldn't have asked for a better away game, given Rangers' record there and uh, even recent record there, than to go to play Hamilton Ackeys at the weekend. With no disrespect, Rangers have found it pretty straightforward against Hamilton recently. The last two matches have been five-goal victories. Uh, Rangers have absolutely strolled in both these matches. You don't want to be overconfident, James, but anything other than a win in this match and probably a win by a few, would be almost unthinkable.
1: Yeah, without wanting to sound in any way disrespectful, we should be very comfortable uh, in this game. I think some people might look at the pitch and say, oh, you know, it's a plastic pitch, that can play a factor. I don't think that plays a factor for this team because the evidence so far this season, we've, we've been able to cope with that. You look at our last game against Livingston, at not one point did we did we think of that as something that was going to have an effect? Yeah, it's a bad pitch, but this is a team that finds a way to deal with that. So I don't think there's any excuses whatsoever for us. Um, what I think will be interesting is how you know, as you say, how Steven Gerrard is going to use the squad because. It's going to be a lot of games. You know, you look at the fixtures in December, it's Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Friday, Thursday, Sunday. It's a lot of games. So that's going to be a test for the management side as to how we use the squad. Should we play the strongest possible team against Hamilton, considering, you know, if not played for a couple of weeks, considering we then have a very tough European away game the following Thursday? It's, it's a tough question. Um, and I'm fascinated to see what it is he does. We should, you know, be able to play the majority of our of our plays. But for example, if Jermaine Defoe was to start in this game uh, against Hamilton, I don't think many people would be overly surprised by that because you give Morales the chance to have a little bit of extra time to get himself ready for. Feyenoord, which I think he will play a crucial part in if if he's firing in all cylinders, so it'll be with things like that, I don't think it'll be dramatic changes, I don't think we're going to see like eight different players from what you would consider the quote-unquote first-team squad, but one or two here and there is certainly quite a healthy way of managing things, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think that the manager will look at minutes that players played when they were away with a national team. For example, it wouldn't stun me to see, as you said, Morelos uh, maybe start on the bench, Stephen Davis perhaps start on the bench. Uh, You can't rest all of them because that would mean Barisic, Hellander, Jack, Morelos, Davis all not starting. But I think a couple of them maybe can I own reserve because they'll be need Glenn Kamara of course he was away with Finland and forgot to mention him Finland qualifying for the first tournament ever uh they go off to the Euros next summer so uh, some of them will need to be used but it it is an opportunity for guys to come in and and this you know we still have the likes of Ryan Kent he's done another two weeks to to work on his fitness we know that 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 injury got against Livingston Held him up, but he he was back and starting to show exactly why we're so excited to have him back. Jermaine Defoe, perfectly, uh, we're all perfectly happy that, that he can come in for a match like this and, and confident that he'll go and he'll, he'll get goals. But I think that you will see a couple of them rested. My bet would be Barisic will play because we're not exactly overstocked with options uh, in the left-back area at the moment, although John Flanagan is uh, coming back to full fitness and uh, that will, will give us options. James, give me a prediction for the match at the weekend. Um,
1: in terms of scoreline, I think it will probably end up being a 3-0 to Rangers. I think we will, you know, it will maybe take us a little bit of time, as it always does off the back of an international break, to settle things in. But once we're in our groove, I think a few goals. I can see Jermaine Defoe grabbing a couple again, because these are the kind of games that he's just going to relish. And we'll come out of the game thinking, "Aye, fairly straightforward."
0: Yeah, I'm going to go for three nil as well in this one. I think that I don't expect it to be a sensational performance from Rangers. I think that it does take, as usual, a wee while to get fully back into a mojo after after a, an international break, and I think it might be the case with this one. But I, I would be confident that we'll go on and get the victory. Now, James, over the international break, I took the opportunity to go and see the Rangers' Colts side, which, as we all know, has been doing very, very well in the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup. I'm not making that up. That's what it's called. Uh, they took on Wrexham at Ibrox. And before we get into what was a very enjoyable uh, game and an excellent performance from the youngsters and I want to highlight a couple of them that that may be uh one on the the edges of the first team and one I think that we wild to go yet but but certainly excites me. Before we, we get into that a hundred Celtic fans turned up at this match in the Wrexham end. Now in terms of tragic behaviour going to see your opposition I think at any point and sitting in the way end is a bit sad going to see a youth team game and sitting in the away end trying to cause trouble and chanting about the IRA I genuinely cannot understand the mindset of people who do this but thanks very much for the tenor folks because that's how much it was to get in so you know we appreciate the money but seriously what the is wrong with these people is there a kind of special relationship that Celtic and
1: Wrexham have, of any kind? I, I can't. Probably
0: really think... they've got a special relationship with every club in the world, so probably yeah, may, may, that
1: may well be the case. Then, but yeah, imagine that's how you live your life. I I really wanted to go to this this game, but unfortunately, I had a pesky nephew at his first birthday party um, that that Saturday, so I couldn't quite.
0: You should have went. He's not. He's not. He's not going to remember it. He's won. I know.
1: It, not. Not necessarily him though. That was the problem. It was more. More my sister. So uh, that. That was. Because
0: uh, yeah. you could have said like, later on. Yeah, mm, he, yeah. When he said to you in years to come, you should have went. Oh no, I was. I was there. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I did bring my scarf just
1: in case because uh, you know they they lived not too far from the stadium. So just in case I was able to think of an excuse to kind of sneak away. But nah, it, it just wasn't to be. But. I'm, I'm so thrilled that so many people uh, turned out to, to watch them and, and show the support, because what they're doing in that tournament is actually really quite remarkable. No Colt team has ever made it this far since the Colts really have been in it. I think this is the third season or something like that that the Colts have been in this competition. Um, so they're really, really, you know, impressive, And there's, you know, players, as, as you say, that are really looking, looking the part as well. And Graham Murphy's doing very, very well there. But imagine that's how... You live your life on a Saturday afternoon when your team's not playing. You say, "I'm going to go to my rival team's youth team <laughs> match, and I'm going to sit and I'm going to chant stuff, and I'm actually going to see them win anyway." On top of it, I'm mean, well done, well done, guys! What a great way yeah, to finish! And a
0: dominant performance, actually. It, it wasn't even close, to be honest. The the young team was superb, and obviously, I think the the Welsh side thought that we would probably have players of better ability even at that age, but that their knowledge and physicality would see them through, but that wasn't the case. Rangers, to be fair, the two overage players they chose to put in were George Edmondson and John Flanagan, neither of whom are exactly lacking in those departments, and again, I continue to be massively impressed by George Edmondson every time I see him. Yes, it was against Wrexham, I get that, but He's quick. He can pass. He's very strong. He's intelligent. He's good in the tackle, and he's a leader. You could see all of those things. The other guy I wanted to to kind of point out there was two. As I say, one who's just been promoted to the first team, and that's Jamie Baljonis. And again, you could see the development in him physically. And that's something that he's spoken about, uh, about his uh, work that he's been given to do by the coaching staff. And you can see the development in him. Again, leadership and excellent timing of his runs. Great finish. He got the first goal. And the second player is the other goal scorer, James Nathan Young-Coombs, a boy that I think uh, a few people have raved about. He plays with a sort of gallus streak um, that I like in a young footballer. He's got that ability I think, again, physically, he does still need to develop a... a, Jamie Barjonis, of course, has had loans. He hasn't had one yet. But in terms of what he does, he's terrifically quick, and he's got an excellent work rate. He reminded me, in style, obviously a million miles off the level yet, but he reminded me in style of Jamie Vardy. Where he was terrifically quick, he would play in the shoulder, but he was very intelligent in the way that he would chase down the opposition, not giving them any time on the ball. Uh, I was very impressed with both of them.
1: But Jonas, he's been in and around the youth side for a good while now, and I think had we not really made significant improvements in the way that we look at youth coaching, He's probably someone who, by this stage, would probably be at another club, but, you know, the, the, he's probably the best example that we have of a guy who's really able to take advantage of the improvements that we're making and what, you know, the focus we've had more on on youth, and, you know, he, he's made it into, you know, as you say, the first team squad, he's probably fifth or sixth in the pecking order for four midfielders, which is saying something considering the guys that are there. And if he can make it into the first team squad and and make it into the side and play consistently, he is absolutely a story for future youth players as to, you know, just because things might not necessarily start off particularly well and it might not look like you're going to make it at the club, if you stick at it and you... Follow what the coaches are wanting you to do. You know, he's changed his diet and stuff like that as well. Then you can make it. Um, young Coombs is another guy who, you know, we we've brought in, and I think it was Chelsea that he was at before, or or, or something like that. Um, and I've not yeah, really was- had to see. Yeah, I've not really had the chance to see much of him um, as as of yet. But early signs, and from what people have said to me about him, it, is that is someone who you know, you've got to have a bit of confidence about you to play play for us and it seems that he's certainly not lacking in that uh, and it would be great if he was to make it through. I think there'd be quite a lot of our supporters who'd maybe be demanding that he got a haircut, but I'm okay. you know, If it if it means he can keep on playing the way that he does, I'm okay with
0: it. Yep, totally agree with that. Right, folks, well, thank you very, very much for joining us here on Hand Extra. We'll be back with a full Heart and Hand podcast on Monday at the start of next week if you want to come along and see us in Bathgate we're down to 8 tickets uh, for this Saturday night that's the 23rd of November Uh, we are at the Regal Theatre in Bathgate along with our friend Kevin Thompson current Rangers coach and of course title winner League Cup winner, Scottish Cup winner and uh, Europa League uh, UEFA Cup finalist with Rangers, he's got some amazing stories to tell if you want to come and see us please be quick There aren't many tickets left My thanks to James for joining me today Thank you David Thanks to the Executive Producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers We'll be back on Monday and until then I hope your team wins, take care, bye bye Mm -hmm.